It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour, except possibly two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean? Yep. The Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby is now two hours, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh my gosh! Great Scott! Learn about your financial power. The Total Financial Hour, uh, two hours with host Arif Halaby, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hour now higher income strategy learn from arab halabi learn about hey welcome to the show Thanks for being with me. I'm Eric Hallaby. The Total Financial Hour, our live show every Sunday. I love it when we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing your money, planning for the future. One of the things that we look at is how you see the world, right? Many of you have been so kind uh, to to send your condolences to me, my family, um, of course, my mom. I appreciate that with the passing of my father, and that means a lot. And the kindness that you show is often for most people overlooked. And I want to thank you publicly uh, in case I don't get a chance to send out something uh, personally. But this is why I bring it up. Because even in this debate of what's happening with the our, with our economy, why California is becoming an exodus state, even though when you listen to, what, about a month ago or so, the Gavin Newsom, Sean Hannity interview, and, and uh, Gavin Newsom has got all these statistics Right. There's a strategy in debating, and it's also uh, really well used on the left. The right doesn't do it as much, but you'll see it uh, certainly probably two to one on the left. And that's just overwhelming you with statistics. So while your brain starts to think about what number you just mentioned and what does that mean, they immediately jump to another one in percentages. Right. And then they go to then they go to individual people. I'll give you a good example. Uh, inflation has been uh, down in California, 14.3%. We have 2,000 homeless people now every day off the street. It's kind of interesting, right, when you think about an entire year of 26,000, and you're going, oh, shoot, are we talking about a year? Are we talking about percentages? Slow down, day per month. So the left's job, I mean, frankly, guys, they're masters of it. They're masters at manipulating and managing how quickly they can make you feel stupid, and that's their job. You're dumb, I'm smart, sit down, shut up, look at me, I'm smart. That's their job. Uh, by, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I have a title. Doctor, professor, congressman, congresswoman, senator. Right? I, I have a title, you don't, so you just sit down, you be quiet. 
But I want you to, to go backwards and go back to your instincts. Your instincts and kindness, right? You don't have to be a jerk to get your point across. It's one of the lessons I learned from my dad. I don't know if it was age. I always remember him being that way. So maybe it was an age thing. Maybe it was just uh, the way he was. I don't know. I've heard stories of him as a younger man, a bit more impatient, <laughs> to say the least. So maybe it is a wisdom thing over time. So I don't want you to forget to be kind. But I, but I want you to also, I want you to stand for something. I want you to be somebody who is firm in your beliefs. So when the left starts coming around, when the left wing, that's what we're going to call them, right? From now on, remember, don't forget, they're the left wing. When they start throwing around these crazy percentages and they start throwing around fast numbers, you have the right to say, whoa, 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 stop for a minute, back up. Let's take one at a time. What do you mean by this? Because it's easy for a good speaker, for a good debater, to just throw out numbers, percentages and numbers and, and, and overwhelm you. And I want you to go back to, with kindness, but firmness and standing for something to say, wait a second, uh, left-wing person, explain to me what you mean by that again. How, how are you trying to tell me? That, that Joe Biden has created more jobs than the last X amount of presidents combined. Do you realize he started the race further down the road, uh, right? Because when COVID happened, the government forced people to lay off all these, all these folks. You, you realize that they were actually forced to be laid off. You have to leave your job. You're fired. When they did that and, and they switched on that side, what did that do to the to the employment numbers? Well, gosh, unemployment was high. So, of course, under President Trump's 2020-2021 uh, numbers, his un, uh, unemployment numbers are going to be huge. The summer of 2020, they laid off the whole freaking world. So when Biden comes in and people naturally start hiding again, or hiring again, rather, he says, oh, look at what I've done. You go, gosh, let's think about this for a second, because I really think you are making things up, right? I mean, maybe you can tell somebody in kindness that, that they're just full of baloney. Something's wrong somewhere. Now, don't forget, when they throw out these statistics, oh, but, but 68,000 uh, 68, homeless people are, are off the street. You got to think about this. Now, remember, they're human beings, so what did they do? Instead of treating their mental illness or their drug addiction, they provide them with clean needles. They provide them with drugs directly and indirectly. They provide homeless people. They've taken over hotel rooms. The government has, city, county, state, taken over hotel rooms. So if you're a hotel manager, they're basically eminent domaining you. You will have to at the end, I promise you, every hotel owner, I've spoken to two of them, they will have to remodel the entire place. So you might be getting a premium dollar per night, full occupancy, but you will have to throw away everything in that room because the folks are dirty and unclean, not because they're human beings, but because they're homeless people that never take a shower. They, they don't care. Listen, I want you to speak truth. Right? Just because something's true doesn't mean it's unkind. You can be a jerk about it. You can be nice about it. But there is something to be said 
that unless you're going to go in and you're going to retrain them how to how to live in a in our society, right, which is where you don't use drugs and you take your medication on time and you get back with your family and you find somebody that you can connect with. But it's, it, well, Eric, you can't say that. You, you can't say that. Well, look, just because you moved a homeless person from, from behind a building to a park and then from a park into somebody's hotel room, just because you hid them, because you don't want to deal with it, left wing of the Democrat Party. It's kind of kind of saying the same thing, right? Left wing and Democrat Party. Today, they're the same. Just because you guys don't want to deal with it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. These are men and women. These are human beings. They need to be retrained back into society. So they can be productive. They can create jobs. They can work. Go to Skid Row and look at how many former drug addicts and homeless people are now counseling other. Those men and women are, are angels. And yet instead, the politicians of the state of California think it's good to just bounce around numbers. Oh, but look at, look at us. 68,000 homeless people are off the street. Thank you. No, no, don't worry. I, I won't sprain my arm by patting my own back. Uh, I can do it. No, no, my shoulder's fine. Fine, fine, fine. When, when are we going to say, hold on, stop with your crazy statistics, state, city, county, and in front of my own eyes, I see homeless people running out in the street, sometimes wearing no clothes. I see people taking over neighborhoods, regular neighborhoods where kids ride their bikes, and now there's homeless folks on the, on the street, in the parks. Forget the parks being uh, available for kids to to ride bikes and go on the swings and parents to take their kids for Sunday, Saturday picnics. No, no, no. Sorry. Stay away from that corner. Why? Because there's a crazy person there. They need help. When the ACLU sued governor, then governor in the 60s, Ronald Reagan, and they said, you cannot lock up people, right? We used to have the Camarillo State Hospital and some others. Now it's a university. No jokes, please. <laughs> I've been there when it was both, frankly, because I was a, a policeman and we had to d- take care of some business there. And, and um, when I was in background investigator, we had to we were looking to hire somebody who actually worked there. And then I've been there when my kid was trying to, to maybe get into college there. We looked at it as a possibility. So, look, Camarillo State Hospital in Ventura County ultimately was shut down. But remember, in the 60s and 70s, places like that, right down at UC, uh, USC, I believe, a lot of those places, what happened? Well, listen, you were put there if you couldn't have a family member or somebody, right or wrong, some of them were wrong. It was abused in some cases, of course it was. But what what you saw was no homelessness. Why? Because first line of defense was the family. Oh, wait, the left wing thinks you don't need a family, that the community's the family. Second line of defense was the church, your organizations, your religious groups. Oh, wait, the left wing puts those down and uh, keeps those from getting involved. A separation of church and state, sorry, you can't help the homeless and get government money. So go ahead and bankrupt your, your faith-based organization, sorry. Left wing sues again. ACLU comes after him again. 
So if it isn't the family and it isn't the church or a religious organization, then who's left? Well, it's the government. Who does the lousiest job at almost everything it touches? That's right, the government. I used to say accept defense until they left billions of dollars of brand new state-of-the-art weaponry in Afghanistan. Until they built the Chinese. Yes, folks, they built the Chinese. Who do you think operates Bagram Air Base? The Chinese. Who did that? Joe Biden and his defense team. You understand that. Joe Biden gave the Chinese billions with an S, which means a lot of money, of equipment and uh, an air base, frankly, and a bunch of other bases. But that Bagram Air Base is, is stunning. 15 minutes, I think, flight time to China. Perfect place for the United States to keep an eye on the Chinese. Nope, sorry, gone. Chinese will never give that up. Never will they give that up. Because they don't have a uh, Guantanamo Bay. What they do is they go and they say, hi, warlords. Yes, we want this base. No, you can't have that base. Bang, bang, you're dead. So is your mom, dad, sister, brother, cousin, your family. The entire village will burn everybody. Wait, did you say it's okay that we have this base? Oh my gosh, you're so kind. Here's money. Now listen, the U.S. Special Forces walked around Bagram and carried a bunch of cash too. They walked around. Special Forces, that's how you bought off, just so you know. That's how you bought off these warlords throughout Afghanistan and in Iraq in some, some parts. They carried millions of dollars and they paid off people. It's better than having to go to war against them, right? That's what a lot of folks did. A lot of folks said, listen, uh, we've got to go to war. There's reports that when the U.S. military went into Iraq, they cut a deal with a lot of the generals. I- I'm all for that. Listen, if I can have men and women on our side not get shot, I'm, I'm good with that. My point is, when the military was a bit more clear with its mission, I used to say the, mil- the U.S. government did the military uh, thing pretty well, the defense of the country pretty well. Today, I'm not so sure. When Joe Biden's, de- <laughs> when Joe Biden's defense team leaves billions of dollars of equipment in the middle of Afghanistan. Maybe, just maybe, General Miley is a clown. Just saying. Just saying. Maybe he's just a little bit of a bad guy. I actually think he is a real bad guy. Especially since President Trump's come out and spoke about him and there was uh, some confidential things that were discussed. Yep, I think he's a real bad guy. So all that to say, Don't expect the the government to do anything uh, quality, decent, or effective when it comes to the homeless situation. So what does that mean to you? Why is that even a thing? Air financial this or that? Well, because take a look at San Francisco. They're a microcosm of what's going to happen in the rest of California. You have businesses shutting down left and right. You have entire store chains, CVS, Walgreens, Walmarts where entire sections of the store are under these plexiglass, right? Hi, I need something on aisle four. Try to find somebody, first of all, to clean up a mess on aisle four. But now you need somebody with the right key. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the key. My manager has the key. Now you got to find the manager. Okay, now I would like uh, this. No, no thanks. 
I thought it was this. You know, I thought it was bigger. No, thanks. I don't like it. I put it back on the shelf. You walk two, two aisles over. Hi, can I have this? That's the way it works. Like old school New York. Or, or you were going to a gas station in South Central Los Angeles. Right, go to a gas station off of Arlington and Crenshaw. Walk in and see if there's anything on the shelves that you can access. Or do you got to talk through this teller type media, you know, the, where you've got a plexi bulletproof glass. Hi, can I have four on $10 on number four? What? $10 on, and a Snickers bar, please. Excuse me? Yeah, a Snickers bar. <laughs> you got to buy all your groceries. So what is happening in this microcosm of San Francisco because of the homelessness and, and the lack of control from state and federal government? It's very simple. They just leave. Businesses are about numbers. That's why they join the left wing. The large companies, the Starbucks, the Targets, the Nikes, the Coca-Colas, why did they join the left wing DEI stuff? Because it was about money. They have no, zero emotional connection to any values or ideas. It's pure greed. And when they think the left is winning, they'll join the left. When they think the right is winning, they'll join the right. When they think it's about conservatives, they'll join. I mean, you understand? It's nothing. That's why they're punished, right? That's why Bud Light was punished and still should be punished. That's why Nike, I told you I throw away my Nikes. I won't wear anything Nike, period. Sorry, done. Oh, Eric, it's because you can afford new shoes. Well, look, maybe I can afford an extra pair of shoes, but it just means I'm going to wear one more often instead of the three or six Nikes I have. doesn't matter. I threw them all out. Because courage cost something will you fight or will you capitulate they count on you on on you capitulating the left wing does not expect you to fight just so you know they don't they expect you to to back down when they say they would uh, you're you're a bully remember bully was the thing racist sexist homophobe what is it transphobe that's the one not to be called these days transphobe don't be a transphobe Racist, I don't know if that still has any any teeth. It's a disgusting word. And they use it for everybody under the sun they disagree with. And so after a bit, you're like, really? Really? That's that's all you got? You disagree with me and, and, and you call me a racist. That's the end of the story? Wow. It's weak. So I want you to, to realize you're going to have to spend something. It might be money on shoes. It might be driving an extra 10 minutes to go to a different store. It might be shopping here instead of there. When Chick-fil-A capitulated, when Mr. Kathy, the, the son of the founder of Chick-fil-A, who's now the, owning or running the show, I was shocked. I was shocked to see what he did. I was like, wow, I thought that was like the last place you could still eat was Chick-fil-A. What are you kidding me? Maybe it's In-N-Out Burger is the last one. I don't know. But you have to spend your money because that's what they care about. And you have to have courage. You see, I'll share something with you. Many uh, historians have debated. Now I don't think there's much of a debate anymore. Uh, certainly over the last 20 or 30 years, we now know the truth. A lot of the documents from Nazi Germany that were confiscated and gathered by the Russians, right? They took some, we took some. It was kind of this free-for-all, right? Shop till you drop. That's what happened. Nazis are running in every direction. 
You have a team of people going after and hunting them. And then you had another team of intelligence people on both sides that were gathering scientists and documents. Record-keeping, Auschwitz, they were trying to burn all of these concentration camp records. Many of them were caught and captured, the people and, and the records. Well, today we now know, because of the fall of the Soviet Union over the last 20, 30 years, we've got an idea, we in fact know, why Nazi Germany, why Hitler and his team chose not to invade Switzerland. Two reasons. I know this is going to shock you based on our current discussion. Number one was, ready for this, money. Ooh, what? Yeah, because they were hiding a lot of their money in gold. And secretly, a lot of the bankers, a lot of the globalists, a lot of the elite in Switzerland kind of agreed with the Nazis. So they, they didn't have to fight to get a lot of the money movement and hiding of money and, and assets and gold and safe deposit boxes. That, that was already being done. They didn't have to push or, or threaten anybody. And what's the second? And to the military and most of the middle group of leadership, it was this reason. Because every man, woman, and child past a certain age in Switzerland had to learn how to use a firearm. In fact, they had to have a firearm. They weren't allowed to not have a firearm. They had to have a handgun and a shotgun or a rifle. That's important. You understand that. That means every citizen is basically a soldier. Every time you turn around, that person knows how to use a firearm. So whether I took theirs, but then you know, then then a, a Nazi soldier falls down. Oh, there's another gun. Guess what? That lady knows how to operate it. So basically, you would have had to nearly burn down the entire country of Switzerland just to get through, because every man, woman, and child owned and knew how to operate a firearm. I think it was age 12, it might have been 14, but it was, it was right in there. And you need to ask yourself that, right? Why is the left continuing to operate where their goal is to ban firearms? It's to keep homeless people running around, move them around like, uh, I don't know, I, I guess you just kind of hide them, right? Let's move them from here to here. See, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Go buy some of these hotels. These poor hotels. Oh my gosh, there's one on, on the way that I drive. Two, actually. They look like prisons now. Huge gates. The only people that can come and go are the homeless people. They go out. They meet their drug dealer. I've seen it. Because By the way, guys, when I was a police officer, that was one of my, my undercover jobs. So I know what a, a drug bust, uh, sorry, a drug buy looks like. I know what a buy bust looks like, where they're going to try to buy. This is it. I see it. Drive by it. Law enforcement isn't doing anything about it. Not because the standard average everyday man and woman, hardcore, courage-filled person on the department won't, but their supervisors tell them not to. And why? Because their supervisors tell them not to. Because the mayor tells them not to. Because the city attorney, the district attorney tells them not to. So that's very important you understand that. When you are not going to enforce uh, drug laws, people, police officers are just going to walk by. 
right? It doesn't matter. It, it, it's just a thing. It's just like, well, we'll just keep on going. So these are important parts because in your life, you have to ask yourself, how in the heck does a population, this is about 10 years old, how in the heck does a population of about 8 million people, now that includes babies and four-year-olds and six-year-olds, of 8 million people have 3.4 million guns. Nearly half of every man. This means senior, senior citizen. That's Switzerland. You see, they also have fewer gun deaths. What? How is that? The left wing has been telling us the opposite. Because remember, everything the left wing touches, it lies about, it ruins, it distorts. And when it can't do any of those things, like the homeless population, it hides them. That's it. That's what they do. When they wanted to demonize doctors who disagreed with their COVID protocol, you just demonize them. Right? That's it. You, you say, oh, uh, anti-science doctors, Gavin Newsom, we will pull their medical license. Why do you think doctors are free, are fleeing this state? You realize that? They finish their residency and they leave. They leave. They know that it's not a place to raise their family. They know that it's not a place to have medical freedom. Now, listen, if you're a left-wing doctor, and just like there's left-wing police officers and left-wing car salesmen, there's left-wing, whatever. If you're a left-wing doctor, then you think it's a great thing. You think the government's message, the government's idea, the truth squad is what you're supposed to follow. So always ask yourself, why do they want to demonize why is the left wing, the left wing media, why haven't they gotten involved with the Biden crime family? They haven't. Right? Every once in a while, CBS tries to because of one person, Catherine Herridge. Remember her? Short haired lady. Brilliant. My goodness. Correspondent left Fox News, went over to CBS News. She's as center, middle of the road as they come. Just a reporter but brilliant, understands the players in, in national politics, in the military. She understands. That's her, that's her thing. CBS is making an effort. We'll see if they keep her, if they squish her, if they choose to take the place that Fox News has now let up. I think that would be interesting. We'll see if they do that. We'll come back in just a second. Hey, let me give you my phone number. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Triple eight, that's 888 888- Nine nine seven three eight four seven. I'll be right back after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour, and your place for news, talk, and information. More of your uh, well, getting out of debt, managing money, and planning for retirement. When we come back. Stay with me. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Learn about finance. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from 
Hey, welcome back. Thanks for being with me. I'm Eric Hollaby, the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. We're talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money. I always like to bring you in on some of the national stuff that's happening. Look, our firm is very serious about making sure you have reliable retirement income. Income that is steady, that never goes away, that can increase over time. All of our clients increase over time. In fact, we do it now because inflation has been eating it up. So when they come into the office, when they come in for a checkup, you come in for a review, one of the things I do is we say, okay, well, how's your income? And you start to say, well, things are getting a little tight. No problem. We turn on another, another account. We increase another account. That's it. So now your lifestyle doesn't change based on what's happening in Washington or Sacramento doesn't happen uh, in a normal account strategy, right? When, when people are afraid, when you don't have continuity or guarantees. I'll tell you something interesting. You've heard me say that every time the left or the right tries to come out and say, we well, need to fix Social Security, the other side calls them all sorts of names, right? So the right says we need to fix Social Security. You want to throw granny over the cliff. The left says we need to fix Social Security. The right says, I will not touch your Social Security check. <sighs> because senior citizens vote. You guys have time to be concerned about the issue. You have time to, to care about guaranteed income because you're not going to work and get a promotion again. That's, that's kind of run its course. The pay raise is over. So Social Security, Medicare, those things are a lot more important the older you get and the closer you get to using them or you are in the middle of using them. So here's a... a Case in point, Chris Christie, former U.S. attorney, former ally of President Trump, governor of New Jersey, says he's a hardball guy. Well, you know, I'm a rough tumble. Streets in New Jersey. Huh. All right, look, I get it. You're tough, but you're a politician. I'm fine with that. That's the game you chose. But I don't like it when you stab somebody in the back, right? I'm a loyalty guy. Listen, there are things that you can do to lose my loyalty. There are. Right, but but that's kind of hard because I don't give it away lightly. I don't give away my loyalty lightly. I care about my friends. I care about the people I say I care about. I care about my clients. That's very serious stuff to me. Very serious. So when Chris Christie suddenly turns on Donald Trump, believing the lies of the left, even after it's been exposed that they did lie, they lied about January 6th, there were countless dozens Dozens of FBI agents in the crowd ginning up uh, the, the ability to go in there. When they, when they release now the January 6th tapes, where the tapes themselves that were released to Congress were dubbed, they faked the sound. Some of the sound, the words, the voices, the cheering, the, yeah, let's go get them, the craziness, that was fake. They, they dubbed it like a Hollywood movie. And when the left wing didn't expose all of the facts of January 6th and just a few little things that made their narrative work, and they didn't allow the prosecution side, I'm sorry, the, the defense side to have access to the same information or evidence. So now that we know that, we know the left wing, we know that Liz Cheney and her ilk lied, lied. And Chris Christie still comes out Instead of saying, man, I believe the, the wrong folks, Mr. Trump, please forgive me. Nope. So what is he doing where I think that we should say, 
listen, I'm going to call it good when it's good. So uh, here it is. Chris Christie floats social security cuts, slams Trump over crazy stuff and the whatever. So what is the social security cuts that he says needs to happen? Well, one is a means testing. That means if you already have money, then you gave money to social security and you're not going to get your money back. Sorry. Right. They stole it from you. <laughs> That's what I think they did, man. They stole it. They, they, you don't give me a choice. You say, if you want to work in the United States, you have to put money into this system. But there's a promise. If you make it, if you live, if you get to the age of 66, 67, whatever the age is for you personally, then we will turn on Social Security. And if you live long enough, you'll get all your money back and then some. But if you die early, your family doesn't get that. It's not like a savings account. We're going to keep it and we're going to give it to the illegal aliens. We're going to keep it and give it to the drug addict who's now mentally uh, incompetent and can't work. So he's on Social Security disability. Right? They're going to take your money if you pass early. That's the way the system is right now. They're not going to give it to your family or your friends or your sister, brother, cousin. No, it's gone. Now, what is the reform that Chris Christie is bringing up that I actually like? He has to raise, he's saying we need to raise the retirement age. We have to. Listen, you guys can like me. You cannot like me. Some of you send me some great emails. I love all the emails, even the hate ones, <laughs> even the hate ones. I'm okay with that because it shows me that you're thinking at least something, right? You're not sitting there like a big faucet, just, uh, just on or off. I want you to think. So here's what, here's what I'm saying. You got to think about this. If I was king for a day, how would I fix social security? Very simple. I would raise the retirement age. There's no more 62, no more age 62. And I would start at, let's say, everybody who's 59 and a half and older can stay under the old system and the new system. Sorry, you cannot touch it until age 65. So that buys us three years. The second thing I would do is I would say you can continue to work and contribute to Social Security because many seniors are, but it's going to keep on growing, not till age 70, but till age 75. So 65 and 75, that's the new brackets, not 62 and 70. That's what I'm, and look, I, I, I'm blessed to be one of those that makes uh, a, an okay, uh, you know, a good living. I, I'm I'm happy. Then you keep taking from my social, from my income for social security check uh, uh, deposits. I'm okay with that, but you got to give it back to me too. If I'm one of those that wins the race and I get to age 70, 75, whenever I choose to turn on my social security, then you better make sure it's five, six, seven grand a month because you're taking more money from me. If I'm a higher income person, then you should take more money from me, but you should also give me more money and you should allow it to continue to grow. If, if I was king for a day, that's what I would do. Number one, raise the age from 70 to 75 so you can keep making more money, but you can't start touching it until age 65. That's what I would do. Second, I would make sure that the wealthier, the higher income, I know we're getting shafted in the state of California. I get it. But I would make sure that you are putting in more money. Instead of ending at age at, at 140, 160,000, I think is what it is now. They need to raise that to 200 or 220, something like that. There's a lot of people in this state that make 
150 to 200,000. I know not everybody, I understand. But if you're an executive or you're working at some of these companies, put the money in. Okay? Important. I'm good with that, but you got to pay me back. You got to give it back to me at age 75. If I wait till 75, then it needs to be five, six, seven thousand, whatever the numbers turn out to be. That's number two. Number three, how I fix social security. If I was king for a day, could wave a magic wand, as they say. I would make everybody put in a little bit more money, but it doesn't have to go to social security. I would say, listen, you can have your private accounts. You can take 2% of your money, redirect it. In Canada, it's called the RSSPA or RSP. Yeah, RSP. Basically, it's their retire- their IRA retirement account, like a 401k, but it's a big account. You have to put money into it wherever you work. It doesn't matter the job. And it supplements your retirement account. Invest it and do well. Surprise, you do well. Don't invest it well, you lose, tough luck. It's those private social security accounts. This is why it matters. Because some people are going to opt to put money into the federal system. And it will increase the dollars going into social security. And some are going to opt to have their own private accounts. But only with a portion. It's additional, not in replacement of. Now, Arif, only the rich are going to put money in there. You're darn right. But you just took money from them over here in Social Security. And you're not going to give it to their family if they die young. And they're going to have to live till 92 years old to get all their money out. So give them something on the other side so that they're willing to put more money into Social Security so that the lower income will have a guarantee that is real. Because the wealthier that are going to be putting money in They're the ones that are also going to be probably starting these uh, private social security accounts. It's their money. Let them do with it. Who cares? What do you care? Let them put more money in. All right. And lastly, and this is pretty important, guys. Lastly, I think you're going to have to allow people to put money into social security that when one of the spouses dies... They don't lose the other, the lower of the two, right? If I'm a husband and wife and I'm, if my social security is 3000 a month and my wife's is 2000 a month, and then one of us passes away, we lose 2000 a month. Who can lose $2,000 a month and still have a decent retirement? That's a lot of money. The house is the, the, the property taxes are still the same, whether there's two people or 10 people living in the house. So when the husband or wife passes away, usually the husband, they, they lose a big, big chunk of money. And the electric bill doesn't change. Just because I have the light on and there's two people in the room, it doesn't take more or less electricity. The light is still the light. Air conditioning is still air conditioning. Refrigerator is still, I mean, you get it? Okay, Arif, but you don't wash as many clothes, so the, the washer and dryer. Okay, those are so minor. Really, electric bills, property taxes, the big, big expenses. Car insurance is only going up. Okay, you're not insuring the second car or the second person. Maybe they're not eating as much. I get it. There's some reduction, but not half. 
not two thirds, not not a hundred percent of that person's income. I think you have to say, listen, husband, wife, you should be able to get a big percentage of that, maybe all of it. Right? I, I don't think we should take it from from a widow. Not every family can afford to lose that much in social security. And that's what I would do. So those are the things I would do that would help create the opportunity to have multiple uh, places, right? People working hard, creating wealth, putting money into social security. Oh, I had one more, sorry. The federal government is banned by constitutional amendment from touching the Social Security and Medicare Trust Fund. They are banned. They cannot, they will not, they're not allowed. They are banned from touching it. That's a very big deal to me. Because right now, under the uh, Clinton and Newt Gingrich rules, because that's what happened, here's what they did. They went and borrowed from it. They took from the social, oh, oh, we replaced the money. No, you didn't. You replaced it with the IOUs. You understand that? When Bill Clinton, uh, quote, balanced the budget, he took from Social Security, replaced it with, a, with an IOU. It's like a, a, I guess it's a story that I've heard. <clears throat> it's a bit of a joke. But a man borrowed money, says it doesn't matter even if you die, sir, I will make sure your family gets this money. He goes, uh, well, listen, I'm concerned about me. You make sure I get the money. Before I die, I want the money. Well, the man passes away. The person that owes him the money comes up to the open casket and lays in a piece of paper, and it's a check. He said, well, I owed him. Here's a million dollars. I owed him a million dollars. So he puts the check inside the coffin. I paid it. Okay, it's never going to be cashed. Social Security is running out of money. To pay 100%, we're looking at age, well, 2033. We expect to be out of money in the Social Security system, 2033. Now, when I say out of money, that means we can't pay 100%. We can pay something, 60, 70% is kind of the estimate, 65, 70, whatever. But in, in 10 years from now, there is not enough money in Social Security so the longer we wait to fix it, the rules that I gave you just now, my, my five-point checklist to fix Social Security, it's not going to happen. Everything's going to have to be more painful, bigger cuts. And that's hard. It's hard for people, right? Because the, we are counting on the stock market. M many of you are counting on the stock market to rise every year so that you can make more money. Do you understand how silly that is? The older you get, the more forgetful. You don't know where your keys are sometimes or your sunglasses, right? Your phone and you're managing your own stock portfolio or your husband. Some of you ladies come to me and privately tell me when your husband walks out of the room to use a restroom or something, you say, listen, he's a mess. He's lost a lot more money than he's telling you. Please help us. He's, uh, he's afraid to tell you how bad it is, how bad he's lost his money. He was great when he was in his 40s and 50s, but now he's in his late 60s and 70s, and he's losing our money, and I'm afraid.
You guys tell me that. I know. It's not a secret. I've done this 27, almost 28 years now. Can you imagine that? Those used to be old people. Old people. <laughs> remember, right? I remember my parents when my mom and dad went uh, uh, to my mom's high school reunion. It was the, her 20-year high school reunion. I remember that. I was probably 16 years old or something. Bye, mom. She looks so pretty. Bye. I thought, wow, how old is she? 38 years old. <laughs> Goes to show you how funny it can be. Well, now I've done this financial thing, helping clients get out of debt, managing money, planning for their future, all of that. Staying away from risk. Why would you take the risk in your portfolio? Right, you take the risk with Social Security. The government doesn't. Right, your employer doesn't. Your employer takes money from you and sends it to the government, lifts up his hands, wipes them. I'm clean. I'm good. I did my part. Right? The employer's job is not to take care of you for the rest of your life. That was a lie that was taught to you by the left wing, by the Roosevelt uh, FDR administration, that your employer was supposed to take care of you. That's not true. You're supposed to work one hour and be paid for one hour, one day and be paid for one day, one month and be paid for one month. They're not supposed to take care of you for the rest of your life because you worked for them for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 40 years. You're, you're supposed to take care of you. I know this is controversial and some of even my conservative fellows say, well, Eric, if you don't understand, I gave my heart and soul to the company. Okay, but didn't you cash the check? Did they give you the, did they give you the check? Direct deposit? Got it. How well did you manage your money? Just because you mismanaged your money doesn't mean the employer is on the hook to pay you for the rest of their existence. Switch that around. You're not retired and still working for free for the employer, but you guys want these kind of pensions that are amazing. You're not retired and still responsible to pay the electric bill for your former employer. You have to take care of you and your family. If you have a pension, great. I don't expect them to be worth a whole lot in the in the future because I think there's going to be some challenges with them, especially the state and city, county, federal pensions. I think there are going to be some challenges because they're mismanaged, they're lied, and it's very much a, a political football. Right when when Jimmy Hoffa took over the Teamsters pension system. It was immediately a, a slush fund. Surprise, they mismanaged and stole the money. Ah, oh, shocking. Right? I want you guys to take care of yourself. You do so with the right life insurance if you have family or friends, sorry, family or, or kids that count on you. Right? Sister, brother, special needs, relative, your children, your spouse. You better have life insurance. If you want us to help you with it, that's what we do. We protect your family. If not, goodness, find somebody that's honorable. It better be at least an A-rated company. It better have been in existence longer than at least 50 years. Right? We have certain rules. It has to have good customer service on and on, guarantees. You can work with us or, or somebody that has similar values. I'm okay. But in the end, you better be saving money each month for your retirement. Saving money each month for an emergency. Saving money each month for a vacation, if that's what you guys like to do.
because it's your life, not your employer. It's not the government's job. Social security, it's because they're forcing you at the butt of a gun, really. Because if you don't pay, guess what? You get in trouble. If you don't, oh, surprise, you go, to, you go to prison. Except Hunter Biden. He won't go to jail. Right? You can miss $100,000 in taxes and you're going to have a real bad day. Hunter Biden has lied about at least $2 million in taxes. At least. And what do we know? He's not going to go to prison. All right, fine. Some of you voted for him because you hate Donald Trump. (laughs) Look what you got. Inflation going out of control. The puppet master, probably Obama, having President Biden do what he wants. The sock puppet, that's Kamala Harris. She's not even... She's not, he doesn't even have the marionette. She's just a sock puppet with somebody with a hand. And you, even kids go, I know it's your hand in there, mister. So everybody looks at Kamala Harris. They know somebody's hand is making her mouth move. She's just a joke. But boy, you got, you won, right? Some of you, you, you voted for uh, against Donald Trump or some of you. I love this. I didn't vote in the last election. I didn't vote for president. I voted for everything else. I just couldn't bring myself to vote. Okay, you voted. Whether you voted no, yes, or not here, you still voted because that counts against them. And it counts for someone. So that's what you have to get involved. Some of you go, oh, I had to hold my nose. I got it. I'm with you. Got it. Hold your nose. Fine. I don't care. Hold your nose. What still counts is your vote. That's what people care about. And you better get involved. And you better understand something. It's you that is a response. Look, I I love this part of things when I sit down and I tell people and they go, oh yeah, but my company, then I'm going to get this and then they're going to give me that. Look, I'm happy for you because if you're a client, I'm happy for you. If you're a friend, I'm happy for you, right? I'm glad that you have something, even a lot. But in the end, do you really want to be controlled or owned or managed by somebody else's benevolence on the first of each month? They're going to send you a check because the pension systems in the United States are not what they used to be. They're struggling. Will they get fixed? I don't know. But you have to ask yourself, why am I in a, why, why is the rest of your financial life, your retirement accounts, why are they in a place where in order for you to have a greater rate of return, so to speak, you have to risk losing your money in order for your financial professional to earn a living. In other words, he or she has to pay their mortgage, car payments, kids tuition. Your money has to be at risk of loss in order for them to make a living. Did you know that? If you move your money to safety, money market account or whatever, where you cannot lose, they can't charge a fee. So, of course, the, well, let me give you my unbiased advice, conflict of interest, unbiased advice, conflict of interest. I think you should be at risk in the market, risk of loss. And you go, but but what about? Maybe he or she is telling, maybe. Well, I think what you should do is be uh, able to pay my boat payment. Right, I have a vacation home. Uh, what, what you need to do is pay my vacation home payment. So put your money in the market. 
If some of you feel that's the case, give us a call. Maybe I can help. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. After the break, your emails. I think one of them you're going to find extremely fascinating when we come back after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour on your place for news, talk, and information. 888-99-RETIRE. That's our number, 888-997-3847. Be right back. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for rejoining me. My name is Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. Hey, we're talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. What is it all about when we're trying to build our retirement life? And and what does it take to try to, uh, oh gosh, I don't know, retire and and enjoy life? Because look, retirement is not just a moment in time when you go from working to stopping to work, right? You you think it's that. You, You think it's work, 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 and now I'm done. But it's no different than a race. Think of a a 500-yard race, running race for the Olympics, I don't know, 400 yards, whatever it might be. And you're running this race. Is really the race the the next minute, minute and a half? Is, is that really the entire race? Or was it the years of preparing? Was it the years of preparing and saving and then working out and then making sure you ate right and you slept right and the medication was right and, and the, the vitamins and on and on and on? Right, the, the moment in time, the last minute of the race is not really the race. The race is the, a compilation of all the effort that was put in the months and years prior to that actual race. That's why people that don't prepare when they enter the ring with Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali or Sugar Ray Leonard, they paid the price. Right, The, the people that didn't prepare when they were entering the octagon or the race car track. I mean, you you understand anybody or person who performs at a high level, you have to prepare. Well, retirement isn't any different. The decisions you make today, five years ago, five years from now, it impacts that quote, last minute of the race. All right. Now for you, retirement might begin at the finish line, but it lasts for the rest of your life. Statistically speaking, there's just about an even keel. So if you are 50 years old, 50, 55, depending on the statistics you read, and you're a male and a female, the numbers are slightly different than it used to be. When I started in the financial business, you could count on anywhere between 10 and 12 years plus the age difference of a man and a woman. For example, if he is 65, Sorry, let's let's say she's 65 years old and he is 70. Okay, there's a five-year age difference. 
You add that to the number 12, and that's how long she's expected to live by herself. Right around 17 years. Now, the older they get together, that age, that number starts to shrink. So if they're both 90 and 95, she's not going to live another 17 years. Right? The number starts to, to come down. That's the way it used to be. And it still is that way for, for the 70 plus age bracket, right? As you're looking at the age difference plus about 10 years or 12 years, depending on how, on your age. Okay. Now fast forward to today's numbers for you and me, folks that are in our fifties, maybe in our sixties, our forties. What does it mean? It's really about even. It's just the age difference, right? Meaning in some numbers, if you're two years in age difference, you're expected to live about two to five years longer. The surviving spouse will be alone, and it was a lady, about that number. Now, the interesting other facts that we've started seeing come out is that women are starting to die before their husbands at a pretty high rate. It isn't just the old numbers where, oh, I'm the guy, so I got to buy the sports car because I'll be dead before the weekend, and then she's going to live forever. So I'm going to spend as much money as I can. I'm going to buy the golf clubs and the RV and I'm going to go into debt. I've seen it over and over. And then he passes away and she's left with all this stuff, some finance, some worthless. She's like, but I don't care about scuba gear. I don't care about these golf clubs. What am I going to do with all this stuff? It's worth less than half of what he paid for it. So that's the issue that that generation had to deal with the, the older generation as they were left with a lot of... Today, it's different. As we are seeing the 50s and 60-year-olds, you're starting to see the, the life alone number, right? The gap in which she was going to live by herself, it's starting to narrow. And the fact that a lot of women are passing before their husbands, this is a big deal now. It's not quite even. Still shows that men are dying you know, at a, at a little bit of a faster rate. But it is a big number. It's starting to, to really squish down there a bit. So how do you make sure you are going to be okay? All right, so fast forward. Here's what I'm seeing. A lot of times, especially women that are widowed in their, in their 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, sometimes they remarry, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they move. So what am I seeing? Because I'm going to share with you an, an email I have in a minute. Sometimes they move, and here's what they do. They move to where their daughter and or grandchildren are. That's what they do. Now, if they don't have a good relationship with their son's wife, their daughter-in-law, then they won't move there. Sometimes that's the way it goes, right? They only have one son, uh, and they don't get along with the daughter-in-law, so they don't move there. For those folks, the world's their oyster, meaning they can go anywhere they want. If they're ambitious, if they're uh, courageous, if they're adventurous, they'll move, travel all around the world. But for a lot of people, you're going to move to where your daughter is. That's just the way it goes. It's the current numbers that I'm seeing. So here's why I share that with you. This is a pretty important email because we are seeing a lot of this. And I want you to hear this uh, this email. Okay, ready? Here it goes. Dear Arif, I'm single and I've lived in Southern California my entire life. 
Since my daughter was married and moved to the Nashville area, I have decided now is the time to join her. I am 57 years old and I took early retirement from the gas company, Southern California Gas. My friend, Sandy, has referred me to you and I would like something similar to what she has. All right, I'm going to pause for a minute. This happens a lot, guys. Some of you uh, are not afraid to tell your friends that we've helped you and I appreciate that. Uh, You don't always have to tell them the details. This is how much money I have and this is what Arif did. No, 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 you don't have to. And we will never tell them that. Right? If she comes in and says, hey, Arif, I heard you helped Sandy. I go, yep. Uh, Can I have what she has? Sure. If it's right for you. Yeah, I don't mind. Well, what does she have? Well, that's, you talk to her. I'll see what I can do. I'm going to find what's right for you. If it happens to be the same thing she has, fantastic. If not, then it will be right for you. Right? So we're very cautious about that and I'm sensitive to that. Okay. So uh, let's continue with Laura. My friend Sandy has referred me to, okay, something similar. Laura says, I have a social, I have social security that is $3,200 a month, but I'm not going to start it until age 67. So I have about another 10 years to live on my savings because I elected for the lump sum option. That, in addition to my 401k savings, totals about $1.6 million. I'm hopeful to leave some money for charity and to my daughter and to my future grandchildren. But I don't mind spending all of this money before I die. The kids can inherit the house. If I sell my house here, it should give me around $720,000 after all the expenses and costs. The new house I want to buy is going to be right around $480,000. I'm thinking about a rental property purchase as well. I am afraid to keep my home here in California as a rental because of all the laws and the horror stories that I've heard about landlords not having rights. By the way, guys, she's right about that. Continuing, should I buy in the same area of Tennessee that I move or do you recommend a different area? I want an annuity because the annuity will leave money to my daughter if I pass away and I don't use all of the money. Is it true that you also have some sort of long-term care benefits associated with some of the annuities that you offer? My total income needs when I move will be right around $6,000 a month. Okay, so that's Laura. So Laura is interesting because she has an interesting scenario where she is well, at least in some respects, kind of creating a a lifetime pension for herself. So let's break this down. The gas company, a lot of employees for the gas company have chosen to to take their pension because they were concerned, and rightfully so, it was all over the news, the Aliso Canyon lawsuits, all of the money for the natural gas uh, lawsuits, the Biden administration war on clean natural gas, which is, by, by the way, you guys, if we wanted to be energy independent, it's the nat, nat gas or natural gas. That's the, that's the way to do it. It's ridiculous. We have more natural gas than Saudi Arabia has oil, ever had oil, by the way. I mean, we have just, just an enormous amount. We can export. You can turn it in to clean energy, et cetera. It's amazing. But the, the Biden administration, the left wing's war on nat gas, maybe it's wise for her to take her big chunk of money and leave. So that's what she chose to do. 
The way a lump sum pension works is they will say, if you retire, we will give you, I'll just make up a number because she doesn't break it down in her email. Uh, we'll give you $850,000 in cash or 3,900 a month for the rest of your life, right? So you make a decision. How young am I? How long will I live? Because if you collect 3,900 a month and then you pass away, that's it. Your family doesn't get anything. You collect one check. In some cases, sometimes they'll give you five years worth of guarantees or something. But the big bulk of the money is gone. That's how the pension survives because some people pass before they take out the money that they've put in and the money that's theirs. So others will say, I want that lump sum. I'm going to do good things with it. If you are good with money management, if you are good with taking direction from a, from a good professional who's not going to lose your money, right? Folks that do the things that we do, none of this, well, we're going to guess. Forget it. Guessing is over. The race is over. She stopped running. Now it's about protection guarantees. It's a different type of race that we have to run now, right? It's about protection and growing. So here's what she did. She's going to be moving. I think it's wise to sell your rental properties in California. It's so dumb. If, the, if Gavin Newsom and his ilk want to keep homelessness down and allow rentals to thrive, then you make it better to, be, guess what? Ready? Wait for that. To be a landlord, to own a rental. You don't let people live in the house for free and then let them steal from you, right? Because that's what they do. They steal. I have to pay my mortgage. You don't have to pay your rent. Because Biden and Newsom said that that's the way it goes. Why is that okay? Well, why is that okay? They can't tell you to come and steal my car. It was wrong. It's illegal. They are not allowed to do it. Period. The president was not allowed to tell you to not pay your rent. Nor was the governor or the mayor. It, it was illegal. They're just not allowed to do it. I mean, it's like saying, uh, I got permission from the President of the United States to jump off this building and fly. Well, that's nice, but but it's just wrong. So that being said, what do people do? They say, forget it. I'm not going to have a rental property here. I'm just going to cash it in, take my money, and leave the state, which is what she's going to do. So she's going to move to the Nashville area. Probably never come back. Sometimes people do. It used to be a big thing. In the, the late, well, late 90s, early 2000s, people would leave the state and many of them would come back. I used to report on it. On my radio shows, we would talk pretty regularly about the folks that were returning. Now it's few and far between. They do, but very rarely. All right. So here's my problem that I have to solve for Laura. One, she's 57. She's not going to start Social Security till she's 67. So I have 10 years of $6,000 a month that I need to, to make up. So that's 10 times six, right? Whether we do the math, that's about $72,000 times 10 years, 720,000. So I have to make sure that the $720,000 that she needs is safe, guaranteed, and predictable. I can do that. Once she turns 67, we can reduce the amount that she takes out of her savings. Why? Because we're gonna start social security. So I only needed this accelerated, this higher withdrawal amount for 10 years. Now, I can't afford the market to drop during these 10 years because then we're selling more shares. So we can, we're just not going to be in the market. That money has nothing to do with the stock market, right? It, it isn't going to go down when the market goes down. You're not going to pay fees just to exist. You don't have to. 
Then at the same time, ready for this? Does she want to have a rental property in another place? Look, if there's a part of her 6000 a month that she's willing to pay in, in a house payment, whatever, let's just say $1,000 a month, then what I might do is say, only put down enough in your house to, to equal a $1,000 a month payment. If it's 2000 it's 2000 whatever the number is. But because she's going to sell the house and end up with maybe 200 250000 extra money in her pocket, would I recommend that she buy rental property? Yes, I would. Yes. As long as she's going to take courses and understand how it works. She's going to do her research a lot before she jumps in. Don't just follow trends and what people's feelings are. If she's going to know the communities in the area and know what the laws of the rental market are, right? If she has to kick somebody out, what does it look like? Can she hold a, a greater amount of their deposit if there's damage? Can she charge a pet fee if somebody brings in a pet? What if they lied that they didn't have a pet and then they bring in a pet? Right? Can you charge a penalty? These are all things you want to learn before you go and buy your first rental property. But if you're going to be in the Nashville area and that's where you're going to buy to live, I love that same idea when it comes to, to rental properties, meaning two blocks in either direction, five miles away over here. I'm, I'm good with that, especially because you're a rookie when it comes to rental property. But rental property will give you deductions on your taxes that very few investments can duplicate. Very few retirement accounts can duplicate. So what do I want you to do? Check with the real estate agent. Remember, they're going to be wanting to sell your rental property. So, you know, hold off a little bit. Check with your CPA, your tax advisor. Check with the financial advisor or professional who's going to give you the pros and cons. Check with somebody who's already invested in rental property and real estate in that area. Get an idea of what the market's like. Is there a rush for people to buy? Is there a rush for people to not buy? Tell me what's going on there. Okay, so do your homework, do your due diligence, take a class. There's a lot of these YouTube, TED Talk type classes you can take. I would go to Rumble, right? Just like I boycott uh, Nike and Target. I want you to also consider a boycott walking away from YouTube and look at Rumble. It's a great competitor. It's an open platform. It's not a dishonest cover-up like Facebook. Okay, so... They will have classes. They will have ways for you to learn. Now, let me go back to this lump sum option. I mentioned this to you before at the beginning of, of Laura's email. But here's what takes place. You see, some companies like Disney, Boeing, Kaiser Hospital, Southern California Edison, Gas Company, etc. They give you these lump sum options. Often the question is, Arif, should I take the lump sum or should I take the monthly payment? It's hard to just say flat out over the you know over the airwaves always do this never do that never do this always do that it's impossible there's just too many too many um, variables okay so here's my rule of thumb if you have somebody else that needs 
the lump sum money if you pass away, then we might want to consider doing the lump sum and making sure that it's invested off to the side or, or saved off to the side somewhere else. That's, that's one of the options. But I want you to consider this, Laura, because I like it when our children or, or grandchildren inherit real estate and life insurance. Why? Those are tax-free. Okay, let me repeat that. Life insurance inherited and real estate inherited, even if it's rental property or an office building, tax-free. Your retirement accounts, taxable. That's why I want your retirement accounts to be something you spend. You live on them. You get the best breaks that you're going to receive ever on those, as far as taxes go, is if you spend your own money. If somebody inherits it, there's rules, there's guidelines. They have to do certain things and it's not necessarily what they want, what they might want to do. They might say, well, I don't want to do that. Tough luck. You have to. All right. So what you, what would you do? Well, very simple. Laura, we can take some of the money that, that you have in this lump sum and we can buy a half a million dollar life insurance policy or a million dollar life insurance policy. By doing that, by buying an indexed universal life, I can use those funds for your long-term care also. If 10, 15, 20 years from now you say, I need long-term care, no problem, we flip a switch. That million dollars in the life insurance, instead of waiting till you pass away for them to receive it, we can turn it on and have you start using that money while you're alive to assist with your care today. That is great. Now, if you pass away, it goes tax-free to your kids. If you need it for long-term care, it's tax-free to you. You follow me? The way the rules are written, life insurance, tax-free, even if you need it for your long-term care. That's great. And if you pass away, your, your children or grandchildren inherit it tax-free. So where I'm going with this is I want some of your, your home the sale price of your house, I want you to consider putting maybe 25% down, whatever the numbers work. But let's say it's 25 to 20 to 30, let's say. 20 to 30% is a down payment on a $400,000 house is, uh, let's call it a $200,000. Was that right? No, $140,000, let's, let's say. All right, so that $140,000, you get to do that twice. That's $280,000. So now you have two rental properties. It's going to give you tax-free income because that's the way it works. Can't get into it here, but just know that. It'll be there for your children, grandchildren someday to inherit. Right? And you have multiple sources of income. You have Social Security in 10 years. You have our accounts. You have rental property accounts. You would have your life insurance if you need it for long-term care. So you have three, four sources of income without worrying about, oh, is the stock market up? Is it down? And you might still choose to put some of your money in the market. But it isn't the money you're going to need to eat dinner tomorrow where you're counting on whatever good news coming out of Wall Street is going to actually be good news. Maybe not. Right? I don't want them to decide whether or not you can have a decent retirement life. That's crazy. Okay, so here's the other part that I, I want you to look at. We work with your CPAs, and any good financial professional should, 
your tax uh, preparer, whoever it might be. Our job is to sit there and it's to say, all right, look, what is the amount that she can withdraw and still stay underneath the next tax bracket? Now, to be clear at a couple of things, Tennessee does not have an income tax. So a single lady making what she makes, you'll save probably two fifty, two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars uh, a month. Those are dollars in your pocket. That's great. We can use that to buy the life insurance, right? In other words, Gavin Newsom is paying for it. I like that. You have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of the money? Is the purpose of the money for your children and grandchildren? Here's what it does. You guys, here's the secret. It's just you and I talking. You see, if you put money aside like this, if you have that half a million dollar life insurance or you have that rental property, it gives you permission to spend your money and live your life and travel the way you want to travel and live the way you want to live and be the way you want to be and not look over your shoulder and say, I'm going to be a a bad mother or a bad grandmother or grandfather because I'm not going to leave my children anything. No, no. You're going to leave them all maybe by that time a million, million and a half each. It's great. Right? So it gives you the freedom to spend your money, to travel, to live, to buy that fancy car, the, the nicer sound system, if you like the theater room, well, you know, whatever you're going to do. It gives you permission. I know it sounds weird, but it does give you permission to spend your own money. All right, the last thing I want to talk about on this is that's key is your grandchildren... Maybe it's too late for your children, but your grandchildren, I want them to go with you to collect the rent, go with you to check out the property, go with you to learn if you're going to sell or flip this house or buy a new one so that along this journey, they're not just going to be a kindergartner handled, uh, given the keys to a Ferrari. Right, So many of you, you give money to your children or grandchildren at 18 or 22 years of age. And when you do so, what happens? Well, well, surprise, they went out and spent money here, and then they blew it there, and then they went crazy there. Yeah, because you never taught them. So part of your purpose in retirement is going to transfer some of your financial education. You're going to learn together with your children or grandchildren. That's the key. All right? Keep that in mind, guys. Appreciate you staying with me. After the break, another email, husband and wife. I think you're going to be surprised at this. There are angels still left on this earth, and we have them when we come back. Total Financial Solutions. I'm Eric Halby. This is the Total Financial Hour. TFS Financial Insurance Services. We'll be right back. Total Financial Hour. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial Hey, welcome back. Power, Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halabi, the total financial hour. 
Amy at 70, the answer. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt. Uh, listen, I always, when you hear me say the word courage, I get a lot of feedback, and some of you are, are sending us emails as we speak. So let me give you that email, Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif at tfswealth.com, Arif at tfswealth.com. All right, so your email, I'll answer your email sometimes on the air. Uh, sometimes it might take me a week or two, so you might send it in and it'll be a, you know two weeks before I, I put it out. Uh, I, I look to see if I'm getting a lot of the same issues, same questions. And this next email, it went from zero to, to 100 in, oh gosh, probably two months. The floodgates opened up with folks experiencing something similar. Uh, and I want to share that with you here in just a second. But uh, Arif at TFSWealth.com. All right. So think about this for your family's finances. You guys are putting together plans, ideas, uh, solutions, right? You, you have uh, – w- w- there's something that's very funny. It says, man makes plans, God laughs. Right? I, I don't think God laughs as if he uh, you know, makes fun of you. I think God uh, says that's cute that you have your plans, but I have mine. And some of you are atheists. I know you listen to the show. Some of you are agnostic. Some of you are still not sure. And some of you are Jewish and, and Christian and Muslim and everything in between. I'm okay with all that. But you, you realize that every single person that passes away had something in their address book to do next week. Every single person who passed away had some sort of plans this Thanksgiving or Christmas. They might have just been talking about it. They might have had something solidified. They have something on order from Amazon. Everybody's expecting something. And it's not here before they pass away, right? So whether you think that the old proverb of, of I put proverb in, in lowercase and parentheses, because I'm not sure where it's come from, where you know man makes plans, God laughs kind of story. Uh, I want you to think about this. You make retirement plans. You put things together. You you have ideas and solutions and I can't wait and all of those exciting things. But here's the issue. When you do that, sometimes God has different plans. Sometimes the idea of you thinking that you're going to ride off into the sunset just doesn't happen. Right? So... So keep that in in mind because this email from Bob and uh, Jennifer or Jen, and I want you to look at it because I think most people don't realize what Jen and Bob have gone through is, is actually quite common. So here it is. Dear Arif, my husband and I are both 62 and never imagined we would be in this position. Our goal was to retire early and travel the United States in our RV and see the country. However, two years ago, our daughter and our son-in-law both passed away, leaving two little children behind. Today, one is nine and the other is 12. We have now officially adopted them so they have a safe and a healthy and predictable home. My concern is not for our retirement whatsoever but it is for the well-being of our two grandchildren, now our children. We have retirement accounts that have a total of about $290,000 and $400,000, respectively. 
our savings is about 120000 We did receive Social Security benefit, uh, survivor benefits for them for a couple of years, and that is in a different savings account altogether. We are saving that for their college. Plus, their parents had assets and property that will be held in a trust for the kids until they are 21 for some of it, and the rest of it they'll receive at the age of 25. My questions are about our ability to make sure our assets are set aside for them in case we pass away before we spend it all. And we would like to enjoy some part of it, of our retirement, kind of in a semi-retired way for the next 10 years or so. Can you help? Wow, guys, that's Jen and Bob, Jennifer and Bob. That's a pretty surprising turn of events, but not uncommon. Sometimes uh, an absentee father and the, and the daughter is a drug addict, so the kids become a ward of the state, and, and an aunt or a cousin or more frequently a grandparent takes over the leadership in that family. So first of all, Jen and Bob, you guys are angels walking on this earth. Now, I don't know your ethnicity, and, and the reason I bring that up is simple, because in, in the Arab culture, in the Lebanese culture, we don't put people in nursing homes. We don't put our family in foster care. We don't let them go away. Somebody steps up. And sometimes the person that steps up doesn't have the money to, to cover everything. So the other people who may not have the time or the patience will pitch in for the dollars. Right? I know it's the same in most of the Hispanic cultures and, and most of the, the Asian cultures. You step up. It's your family. You just don't let it go away. You don't say, well, I'm sorry. I just, I, I raised my kid. I heard this. I raised my kids, so I'm done. I signed up to be a grandparent now, not a parent. Wow. Wow, guys. Maybe that's you. I can't make a value judgment on you as a person. That's God's job. He looks at your heart. I look at your actions and I call those pretty crummy. Right? I, I can I can judge your actions. And folks, surprise, flash, newsflash, you're supposed to judge people's actions. You're supposed to. That's how you decide who's a friend. That's how you decide who you're gonna let in your home. Right? Who who you're gonna marry or date. Right? You judge their actions. You're supposed to. Their heart? Well, maybe nobody ever knows. Only God. Right? Maybe that person and God are the only two. After that, you better understand, you have to judge people's actions. Good person, bad person. I'm going to give them my money to invest. I'm not. I'm going to trust them to sell my house. I'm not. Right? So, so you've, got to, you've got to go through that process. But here they are, both 62 years old, never imagined they would have two little children, really, for the next decade, at least. They're going to need to be uh, their parents, right? From age nine to 19. So here's my solution. Ready for this? All right. Number one, I need life insurance on both of you. I know it's going to be expensive, but I want a 10 year term. A 10 year term is the least expensive just about you can buy. 
It locks in the price for 10 years, assuming both of you can qualify. It's my first and solid choice. The reason is simple. It isn't just the financial care, but the kids are going to need somebody to help them go to school and tutor and take classes. If one of you passes away, the job that the other person does, right? Handle the the day-to-day living besides the laundry and helping clean the house. Well, that costs money. So a 10-year term. How much? Well, whatever you guys can afford. I'd want enough to at least pay off the house. I don't know if your home is paid off. You, you didn't indicate that. But whatever that is, at least to pay off the house. So that if one of you passes away, your home and any other debt, by the way, including that RV, whatever that number is, let's put it all together. Okay, let's pay that off. That's number one. Second, you need to redo your living trust. If you haven't already, your revocable living trust needs to set up what's called a special needs provision. You're going to talk to an attorney. An estate planning attorney is going to be the best one for you. Not somebody who does estate planning and then chases ambulances. And by the way, did you get injured at work? And let me help you with your immigration problems. No, no, no. I want one law firm, the one that handles estate planning every day, all the time, every day. All right. That's a big deal because they're a professional. And I want you to redo your living trust to have that special needs provision. And here's why, because if, if you guys pass away, somebody's going to have to take care of the kid's money and you may not want them to have your money at age 18. It sounds like there's a trust already laid out that their parents had, but at least in this case, you might want to push it till age 30 or 35. So I want the trust to be there. Who's going to take care of the kids if both of you pass away? Right? It's unlikely, but it's possible. And here's the other part. I want you guys to sit down with the kids, but do not tell them how much money is in the trust for mom and dad. Do not let them see it. I want them, I want you to teach them basic financial principles, even more advanced ones I'm good with. But when I was in, in junior high school, a, a friend of mine, his name was Randy. We were in jiu-jitsu together, martial arts together. So we were friends in seventh grade. Eighth grade, we started martial arts together. The end of eighth grade, his dad passed away in a Jeep accident. I still remember it. A Jeep accident. He was out of school for a while. He comes back. It was, it was, you know, not all there. But he recovered. But I remember him always saying he was going to have a, a lot of money. I couldn't remember the number off the top of my head now. But I remember thinking whatever it was was a lot of money. And so he stopped studying in school. Stopped showing up when he should have. Stopped doing all the stuff he should have. And what did he do? He just kind of coasted, ditched school, rode a skateboard, dropped out of jujitsu, passed away when he was 20 years old. Guess what? In a car accident because he got all the money at 18, bought a fancy car and he passed away in his early twenties. So he was a great young man. So it gave me pause to make sure that when your children are young, that you just don't share with them those kind of numbers. 
because they don't understand all the other stuff that comes with it, taxes, responsibility, and da 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 da, right? So keep that in mind. I'd prefer that you just not tell them. Now, teach them basic financial principles, rental property issues, if you guys have that, uh, investment options, and oh, got it, interest rates, how, do, how does the market work? All of those things, I'm okay with. But I just don't want you to be somebody who who sends them down the path for getting into trouble. All right, here's next. You guys are going to have to change your life. I didn't say uh, grow, but Jen and Bob, you have to change. You are retired. You have some money now. You have income. Whatever that is that was going to take you and travel the country, I want you to each hire a nutritionist, personal trainer, I need you to spend your time when the kids are at school, Monday through Friday, I need you to spend your time working out, getting better. It's going to hurt at first. Physically, it's going to hurt. And it, for for Bob, probably his ego, because guys have the ego. We'll walk into a gym and go, oh, I remember I used to bench press 325, and you get in there and it's like, wait, move that move that decimal over, right? 32 pounds I can bench press. Good job, right? So it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt your ego. But you got to get back in shape because it's not about you anymore. And you need to hire a nutritionist. You got to go through your cupboards. Give that nutritionist permission to walk through and throw out all the junk, chips, whatever it is. And yes, it's going to cost some money and it's going to cost a little ego and it's going to cost time. But those kids need you now. There is no backup plan. You are the backup plan. This is plan B. Plan A was their mom and dad living a long, healthy life. You are now plan B, and that's it. So you need to build up your muscle, muscle mass, lose weight, right? Lower the bad stuff, whatever it is, cholesterol, blood pressure. Get rid of those things the best you can and, and be somebody that they can look up to and not be ashamed of. Be somebody that they can look up to and say, Wow, look at the changes. I cannot tell you how important that word is. Not growing. The changes, grandma and grandpa or whatever they you have them call you now. All right, very important. And part of this, folks, this, this weird thing that's happening is because a lot of the seniors, the adults, they learned a long time ago, right? If you're 55, 65, 75, you knew smoking was dumb. When I was in fourth grade, they brought in this clear dummy with the with the cotton, and it was a, a dummy, meaning like a, a figure of a person, right, with lungs and little arms and a head, and it had a little pump behind it. And the the teacher lit a cigarette in the class, put it in this little dummy's mouth, and pumped this thing. And as she did that, she drew in to this white cotton. The cigarette smoke went in, and you saw it changing color. You saw it going to light brown to darker brown. And then she lit the second cigarette and it went through. And it was a great illustration for me when I was in fourth grade that smoking was bad. So we knew about it. We knew it in the 70s. So people today that still choose to smoke, they know you are hurting yourself. You absolutely know it. So a lot of that those folks didn't smoke or they quit. But today the young people are doing the vaping thing because it's quote, not as bad. 
or they're doing they're starting to smoke again because they say oh it does it's not going to kill you well yeah it shortens your life 48 years from now and maybe not today it ruins the quality of your life 48 years from now not today so my point is jen and bob you guys are probably going to outlive that next generation because you got it you're common sense oriented not all of the young people today are right the stuff they put in that vaping stuff uh, it's killing people it's creating a, an enormous problem and it's scaring a lot of uh regular everyday folks into you know making different decisions all right so here's my point jen and bob you guys are heroes you need to now take care of yourself it's not about anything else it's now about you and lastly don't tell the kids about the money. They, tell them they have something. Your mom and dad were amazing. They helped take care of your college, so you're going to have a college. They have a down payment for your first rental property. I do not want you to tell them to buy a house. Your mom and dad gave you money to buy your first house. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, big wrong. I want them... Mom and dad gave you money to buy your first rental property. And then we'll see if there's enough money to buy your second rental property. Even though you're going to rent or live in our basement or live in downstairs or, or live in the dorm or rent an apartment down the street from school, you're going to have a rental property. Yes, you're going to rent and you're going to own something that somebody else is going to pay you for. And you're going to do that once, then twice. Now, the third time, if you're ready to buy your house, because now you know where you want to live, your career is set, what company you're going to work for, what city, whatever it might be, guess who's going to help? pay for your house the rentals they never get to live in that other house the third one that you're going to buy for you but they help pay for it surprise that's what the rich do now the good news is it applies to everybody the bad news is they never had to tell you about it but good news is you're listening to me now <laughs> i love it what perfect timing right you never encourage your children to buy a house to live in for themselves. Never. It's not a small mistake. It's a big mistake. It's the American dream. Yeah, for a realtor. For the loan agent, it's American dream. It's not your American dream. It's their American dream. It turned, it turned into income. It turned into growth in their business model. It turned into them making, living, making a living. For you, it's the next 30 years of prison. But if you have other people working for you, guess who pays your mortgage or your property tax or both? It's not you. You get it? Don't forget that, okay? That's very important. I want you to teach your children how money works because statistically speaking, you will probably not be here for their grandchildren or for their children rather. So that, in other words, your great-grandchildren. Maybe, maybe, especially if you, you take my advice and you get healthy, work out while they're at school, you're working out. You're not watching Oprah or any of these other racists that are out there trying to perpetuate this 1619 project, right? Or any of these crazy television shows, The View. Why would you do that? Right? Those folks are racist. They are. I mean, it's, it's not me. It's them. They think everybody's about their race. 
One race is better than another. One race is oppressing another. Don't fill your mind with that junk. And you guys are heroes. You're angels. All right, what else do I want you to do? Overall, guys, I want you to focus on a couple of things financially. Number one, you need to have guarantees and prediction, uh, predictable income. It's going to help because the recession is coming. In fact, I think it's already here. How bad will it be? I don't know. I don't know. But I think the first head fake, right? The first little recession fake has already come and gone. But I think the real deep one is here and it's going to get worse. What will it be? It's going to be the commercial loan market. So let me keep this simple so you understand. When you buy a house and you have a 2.8% interest rate for the next 30 years, that money is basically free. You understand? Inflation, uh, the tax breaks, it's free money. So you have a house that you just have to pay the payment on. And the money is free. And and rents are going to go up with inflation. So if it's a rental, eventually you will make a lot more money per month. Like a lot more money. All right? Important. How does the loan, work, uh, loan world work when it comes to commercial buildings? All right, drive down the street. Look at that building over here. Look at the building over there. Almost all of those big shopping centers, etc., they have loans on them. Now, the loan payments might be spread out over 20 or 25 years. So they're still spread out. Not 30 years, not like a house, but maybe 20, maybe 25. But here's the trade-off. Ready for this? What they do is every five years, it reassesses on the interest rate. Every three years, it readjusts the interest rate. So it's still going to be paid off in 20 years or 25 years. But that loan is not fixed. The interest rate changes. So when you go back five years from now, or you go back five years from next year, right? It's simple. Just do the math. And you look, what were interest rates for commercial buildings? Oh, 3.5%. That's awesome. They got in. They bought this building. The price was higher, but it didn't matter because the payment was low because the interest rate was low. Well, when it reassesses in the three-year or the five-year mark, what do you think is going to happen to that payment of that office building? Because it still has to be paid off in the same period of time. The payment will double. I I didn't say a little bit. Double. Now you think that the shopping centers with the CVSs and the Walgreens and the the drugstores and and the Albertsons and and the, right? Or you think the commercial office building, that big one on the corner of Olympic and whatever, do, do you think the cost for your loan doubling is gonna impact the renters? Yes, it will. So what will happen? They're gonna renew their lease, the renters will. And the renters were going to have to pay more money. So if you're a leaseholder, if you have a five-year lease, well, the the owner of the building's been making a lot of money because their payment was so low. But when it comes time for you to renew your lease, guess what's going to happen to the lease payment? It will double or pretty darn close to it. So my point is we have delayed a very dramatic 
cliff that's going to come up around the corner. We can see it. How bad? I don't know yet. But the next wave, in the next two years or so, 18 months, it's going to be pretty bad. So we have to be careful, guys. Please be careful. This is your financial life. 888-99-RETIRE. Send me an email, Arif at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif at TFSWealth.com. I appreciate you being part of the show. Bless you and have a great week. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.